This is Steve Sherlock with another Franklin Matters radio show number 240 in the series. This session of the radio show shares my conversation with Jamie Helen, Franklin Town Administrator, and Anne-Marie Tracy, Marketing Communications Specialist. We had our conversation via conference bridge to adhere to the social distancing requirements of this pandemic period. We talk about the revised budget schedule and how the economic planning is fluid given the pandemic how business is continuing, although remotely in many cases, and highlight activities by the Library and Recreation Department. We talk about remote meetings for the Planning Board, Board of Health, and others that are on the schedule now. The show notes include links to the web pages Anne-Marie references. The recording runs around 40 minutes. So let's listen into my conversation with Jamie and Anne-Marie. Steve Sherlock for Franklin Matters and Franklin Public Radio, WFPR-FM, here today with Town Administrator Jamie Helen and Communications Specialist, and I'll put your full title in the notes like I always do, but just for the short piece, Anne-Marie Tracy. Thank you both for joining us, and thank you for spending some time today. Hello. How are you, Steve? Pleasure to be here, Steve, as always. Good, good. Yeah, we're 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 making do. Uh, as we started talking before we started recording, you know, I had spent a number of years um, working remotely before retiring, and I thought I was going to be able to have more time now in retirement to really spend some more time in, you know, personal meetings, et cetera. But now <laughs> we're back re- working remotely again. So, okay, at least I'm prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Um... On that note, Steve, uh, it always seems appealing to want to work from home, but I think now that we've all got the taste of it, I'm not sure it's uh, <laughs> not sure it's for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when, even with our group, as we were working remote, and again, for those who already know, I worked for Manulife and John Hancock in the global position around information protection. So there's certainly a segue into the information we share here and what we're doing. But we also determined quickly that. Um, we went to work at least one day a week to work from work on Wednesdays because we still needed that kind of, you know, personal conversations. Um, you can get some of those clearly with the calls and the technology we have, but there's some pieces of that you just can't get. Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely. No, yes. no question about it. So being mindful of the time and you do, or we probably have a lot to get through. Let me at least, uh, pick up some things that I've seen and um, pick up from there. So I have seen your change on the budget schedule and the sure. reframing of the timeline for that. And again, that's based upon what we know today. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So basically as, as most folks who listen and, and take close attention, you know, know, um, you know, the usual schedule is, is a little uh, off from what we're doing this year. Um, Normally, in, in early part, of, late part of the winter in February, March, we traditionally put some of the finishing touches on the town budget. Um, for those who don't pay close attention or are listening, um, you know, each year the town administrator by the town charter is required to put forth a budget on behalf of the entire uh, town government, including our enterprise funds for water, sewer, and trash. Um, and so usually um, that process starts um, generally the preceding August and September. Um, folks have to understand that the town budget is actually an evolving document uh, virtually throughout the year. 
there's never not a part of the year where our finance team is not working on the books from the previous fiscal year or the current fiscal year, almost all of which is completely embedded in state law in terms of the deadlines and, and things that um, we do. But what's not in, in embedded in state law or regulation um, is then uh, deferred down to the local level in terms of its jurisdiction within its local charter. And our charter uh, in Franklin requires us to um, you know, essentially have a finance committee to do what I always call a citizen peer review analysis of where the budget is and to help expose to the community what the financial issues of the community are. And then there's um, a two-date hearing in May. Traditionally, we've done this in Franklin right before Memorial Day, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, where we have two required budget hearings. We have postponed that uh, for obvious reasons uh, and rescheduled it to as late in the fiscal year as possible to be able to pass a budget um, because of the delays at the local level and having town uh, governance meetings. Um, in fact, this week, tomorrow night, originally was scheduled, um, at the first week in April, was scheduled to begin the finance committee hearings on the budget. Yep. Um, that obviously doesn't make any sense because we can't use buildings um, and we have a little bit extra time. So what I, I had the council do was revamp their hearing schedule to June 17th and June 18th, which is two weeks before, by law, our budget is due. Um, and we will be doing finance committee hearings actually the week or in first and second week after Memorial Day um, to try to give uh, myself and the town staff and the school staff um, to prepare us with as much information as possible. Uh, I can't go into every single detail right now. We do have a flow chart uh, on our town website. There's a budget link at franklinma.gov. Um, with everything budget, uh, a couple of years ago, I tried to create a one-stop shop for all the budget materials in town, and we've been doing that. Um, and so I encourage people to go check that out if they're interested in town finances. Uh, but obviously, with what happened over, what's happened over the last few weeks, is altered what will inevitably alter our revenue projections, uh, will inevitably have an impact on service levels of what we were expecting to go into FY21 with. Um, and we did change those dates to as far back in June as possible for both the Finance Committee as well as the Town Council hearing um, to give our staff as much time to calculate all that, um, see factors like state aid revenues. Obviously, the state government is going to have its own budget challenge to figure out here in the short term. Um, and so uh, we did postpone those back as far as possible. So the Finance Committee hearings will be the last weekend, last week right after Memorial Day in May and first week of June. And the Town Council budget hearings will be the 17th and 18th of June. As you said, Steve, as we see it today on, you know, uh, uh, on this Monday. Um, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes after that. Yeah, and with the schedule and for the Franklin Matters readers, uh, I did share the uh, budget page. It is a good one-page portal. Uh, so with the revised schedule that was shared out. Um, to that end as well, clearly, you know, the last couple of weeks of March effectively closed out the first quarter and effectively the entire second quarter, April, May, and June, that could be affecting the, to your point, kind of the 2020 numbers which then set us up for 2021 and that kind of crystal ball, given the overall economic impact that I think people are now beginning to understand or at least become aware of across the entire country. 
what that economic outlook is going to be, that's where the real, you know, crystal balling, uh, there, there's no history to tell us what's going to happen there. So, you know, certainly emphasize with uh, the planning you're trying to do too. Sure. sure. Well, to, I mean, just to give a raw insight, I mean, you know, I look back at new growth. Yeah. You know, so we have m most of our revenue comes from local property taxes. I do feel as of today that property taxes will remain uh, or property revenue, property values, excuse me, will remain uh, reasonably strong for the short term just um, due to the fact that I think there's a big holding pattern right now in our society in general to try to understand when will we see a, a a reversal and trend of what we've been seeing in terms of confirmed cases and, and the impacts of the virus. But, you know, in the long term for FY21, property values, we don't know what those will look like and there is no crystal ball, you're correct. What's of actual bigger concern to me are the numbers of things like new growth and local receipts. To your point, uh, Steve, you, you look back at new growth and we use in our budget model a 10-year average of new growth to plug in that average as our revenue assumption coming into any fiscal year. So to look back as a trend, I look back uh, to the 09 crisis and what new growth looked like in the previous two recessions. Um, and you say to yourself, well, maybe I'll use those revenue assumptions as at least a baseline to know how far it can go down or use a percentage. So as we sit here today, it's funny, I can't predict or crystal ball it out. There is no playbook. Yeah. Um, this is a very unique circumstance where even in, a, in a, even in a natural recession of an economy, people are still working, streets are filled. Uh, this is a very eerie dynamic, which we're all gonna have to play day by day. But there is no question that um, new, the new growth number that we were gonna use in the, in the budget model, which I have already declared you know, months ago, would be 1.1 million. There's absolutely no way that that new growth number can stay there, mainly because our assessors right now are not doing inspections on households right. because they can't go in anybody's houses. So if you think about just that one factor alone, we know what going into FY21 is, is, going, to, is going to be worse off than, than it's going to be. And then you look at local receipts, um, while to this date right now, I have not seen any applications come into the office saying, that a business has gone out of business with a liquor license or a common vitula for a restaurant or whatever. You know, obviously those licensing fees for local receipts, um, the, the inspection permits, the burn permits, the board of health permits, all that revenue that you liquor licenses throughout the entire town um, are virtually for right now then on hold for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And certainly the month of April will not see, we'll see very minimal revenue and very few applications for those things. So we expect that revenue to take a little bit of a hit in FY20. Um, and we're going to have to take it a week by week to see what comes in and where we're at. Uh, but in terms of FY21 looking forward, um, new growth at local receipt revenue certainly look very bleak. Um, as we get out of the gate in July, um, when we start that fiscal year and get out of the gate, I can't with a good conscience say without some reversible trend in the, in, in the next six weeks, geez, we're going to we're going to go right back to normal on July 1st. Yeah. It's just impossible. No. The best hope we can have is that, you know, somewhere during the year, the fall, the winter or next spring during the fiscal year, 
those revenues, you know, hopefully pick up a little bit when the economy is able to get back and going, if that's the case. So um, it, you're correct. There is no playbook. It, it is, there's no formula. Um, this is something that we're all going to have to pay attention to very, very closely as, as the year goes on. Yep, definitely. And to that end, at least uh, in the discussion with the fire chief last week, he reinforced mm -hmm. that the burning permits still can be done online, et cetera. So that's just a segue into clearly to the extent possible um, mm -hmm. where such services can be delivered remotely. And I've been talking with a number of departments in order to do that, senior center, et cetera. Um, but Brutus and the DPW projects and road work is still underway. Um, there still is an awful lot of work going. Um, you still are providing services, albeit remotely in some cases. But yep. yeah, some of those other revenue pieces of that, we're, we're, we're not going to know right away, that's for sure. We're not. I mean, if you look at, uh, I mean, it depends on the department. I think as you, you just pointed out, there probably are some permits going to DPW for curb cuts and some other things. There's some projects that, that, that are there that are currently happening with construction. But you look at a department like recreation, that's a, a revenue-based, virtually dollar-for-dollar dollar, um, departmental um, system where it's a cost-for-service model. Um, and, you know, we've had obviously a pause here for spring programming and it's uncertain what, what the future will behold, um, as I think Anne-Marie will talk about in a little bit, um, when we get to the brighter side of the show, <laughs> um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the offerings that our departments are doing, um, across the board to keep people busy at home and, and keep families, uh, with things to do and to look forward to. And I think, you know, the recreation department will show you that, well, we're not collecting fees for the traditional um, soccer program uh, league or whatnot. We also uh, have a bunch of other things that we can do um, online to keep uh, families busy with the recreation department. But from a monetary perspective, you know, those are, those are tough, those are tough pills to swallow to see that revenue and those programs uh, dry up for a short period of time. Yep. And, um, and, uh, and most of our departments, as you said, have a have a lot of things going on. And, and even in the old-fashioned brick-and-mortar sense, like you said about DPW, um, there's water and sewer station checks to be had every day. Mm -hmm. That's critical. Those folks that are doing that are basically first responders in a sense. Sure. Um, because they are showing up to make sure our, our water systems are, are, are clean, make sure our drinking water is, is a plenty, which is even more important while everybody's obviously at home. But the sewer systems are working great. Our pump stations are working well. Um, you know, while everybody is at home, because that's what we know everybody's doing, right, Steve? Yes. While everybody's at home, um, you know, we need to make sure, obviously, uh, that that uh, the water and sewer systems are working, and and that if there are major issues in roadways and public ways and sidewalks, that we can try to repair those. Uh, but for all those folks. You know, they're out there. We have the town engineering department. We've got the comptroller's office, the finance department, the human resources department, technology, um, you know, the board of assessors, um, you know, uh, the planning department, conservation commission. You have all these other aspects of town departments, which we spent the last two weeks um, essentially building remote workplaces for those departments. And they've been doing an unbelievable job. Um, no deadlines have been missed. Um, everybody has just taken 
to that point of where they feel uncomfortable and they don't want to do something and push the envelope a little bit more for themselves to make sure that they can still get their job done. Um, the passion and um, commitment that our uh, town employees have had to get through this has been incredible. Um, and so a lot of those services that we may not always see in the community or think that are there, but are behind the scenes or more administrative heavy, um, you know, particularly with like the finance department, a lot of those departments and those administrative staffs are doing things from home and finding innovative ways to, uh, to get the job done. So, um, you know, obviously police and fire and public safety are, are you know, I don't need to talk about their role in the community, um, but um, even the town clerk's office, everything's done remotely, virtually from home. There's only um, one thing that they can't do right now, which is certify the signatures right. for the upcoming election. The state has not still allowed them to take the state computers home with them to do them remotely or the infrastructure is lacking. Um, and so at some point they will need to come in to certify the signatures to make sure that the election is validated, which we will certainly do. Um, but everything else, uh, Nancy and Teresa and Susan are doing from home. So our team's done a great job. Yeah, definitely, and all that I've heard, despite the despite the unusual circumstances. Yeah, definitely, I'll reinforce that. And all that I've heard, yeah, it's almost business as usual, albeit in a new form of business and mostly remote. So, using that remote piece, and we'll come mm -hmm. back to Anne Marie to talk on the positive side. But the other piece of town business, uh, planning board meeting is going remote. Uh, there's a health. Uh, board health meeting later this week I've noticed on the yep. schedule and certainly next week school committee and town council have meetings all remotely there may be yep. others but I wanted to at least highlight those no, I appreciate it Steve I mean obviously we I think I think our staff's done a great job I mean we've we've tried trying we've tried through this through this metamorphosis we've tried to bite off what we can chew and we had some successful meetings last week or the last couple weeks actually, with having some trial runs uh, before last week's town council meeting, for example, uh, the staff and I hopped on with the chairman just to make sure the Zoom feature worked. He understood what the script was. There's a very specific script that, um, that um, chief elected bodies are supposed to use that have been distributed through the uh, MMA, and it's been very, very helpful for us to use that. Yep. Um, it's just a change in how you govern, and we wanted to give the chairman a, a few minutes to try to get um, this footing underneath of them, and it worked out really well. And then we tried a trial run with the council to make sure that everybody can get on board and that individuals who uh, wanted to chime in or at least listen in had an opportunity to do so. I, the Conservation Commission has gone through that same model, and I think they'll also be having a meeting. If they didn't have it last Thursday, they're going to have one again this week or, or early next week. The planning board, as you mentioned, are going to be doing their uh, first meeting tonight um, on April 6th, and, and they did a trial run last week, I believe. ZBA has also done a trial run um, to get their board online, and I think as like any community, like any elected board, um, you know, these things are, you try to, I think, um, bring everybody along so no one gets left behind. It's important to have that public conversation, and and we want to make sure that the members of the council and the public feel comfortable hopping onto these mediums, which are very new to a lot of us. Um, and uh, those meetings went real well. And so, as you pointed out, as we move forward for at least the month of April, 
Um, the planning agencies, planning board conservation, they are going to continue doing general business and they're going to be doing a lot of the business that does not require public hearing. And it's going to be business that was virtually stuff that was already filed or well in process at that time. Um, what you'll notice on the agendas is that they're going to take public hearings, um, which generally are the things that bring out the most people. And they're yeah. going to continue those hearings or announce new dates for those hearings. If they haven't put them on the agenda already, they'll announce them tonight. They're going to punt those dates out until at least May when, the, when we, we hope that the public buildings will be back open and, um, and, and try to respect the fact, which is, this is an interesting dichotomy of, of this whole uh, experience is, you know, how do you have a hundred people on a public hearing about something relative to a traffic study that requires in-depth detail um, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it will undoubtedly, the Zoom feature doing these remotely will slow down uh, meetings for sure. Um, and that's okay. But, um, you know, we want to be more confident in the medium of Zoom and Google Hangout and Meet and some of these other ones that we've been invited to. We want to be more confident in that. We want the committees to feel more confident in that and get some practice for folks who may not have ever dealt with this before. And, and, um, and, and we're certainly learning stories every day from other communities. <laughs> um, you know, the town managers coalition uh, for Norfolk County has a little coalition together. We're sharing best practices and experiences. And, and so it's just another attempt at keeping our government moving in the case of the planning board and others keeping business moving, um, not trying to hold up those projects that were already well in the pipeline um, and have been fully vetted out. And so um, I expect those meetings to go through April and then we'll, uh, we'll see where they end. Yeah, indeed. It'll, it'll be a learning curve, certainly. And some of us who are in the corporate world working remote, we've kind of were ahead of the game. But yeah, in the government side, it's, it's a learning curve and that's fine. We'll get through it. And we we normally pop. are, by the way, Steve, it's not a shock. I mean, I mean, when you're in a room too for a public hearing, it's just different than when you stream it. And oh, for sure. And you're talking about subdivisions and, and things of, of, of significant community consequence land use. You know, the recommendation from the town attorney has been fairly steadfast that those public hearings should, should wait um, until we have more information. And in, in the unlikely event that this is the way we are living now for, for like ever, you know, we'll have to cross that bridge when it comes. So obviously we don't hope to get there and, and whatnot. But, you know, um, waiting another month, month and a half to see where we're at before we make any decisions over the hearings is, is, is sound advice from the town attorney. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Um, certainly we've had some side discussions and we continue to have others to share my two cents from the corporate background. But mm -hmm. that'll, be for, that'll be for another time and a further discussion. <laughs> sure. We'll shift to some positive stuff. And uh, Marie, I know you wanted to talk about some of the remote things that I think between library and recreation they're looking to, uh, to do and, or continue because I know library has been doing a bunch of things remotely already. Yes, they definitely have. The library department has been very active. Well, they're always active, but they're just active in a in a different way now that we're yes. um, you know in this new remote world. So, uh, we actually in, or, in order to make the offerings from the library a little bit easier to find, we created a separate um, website that basically lists just what's happening now during the closure and during the restrictions that we're under. So it's on our website and we've posted about it on our social media in a number of places, but it highlights all of the remote learning, uh, the uh, 
social media options that they're putting out there. They've mm -hmm. been wonderful. Uh, they have a whole site dedicated to providing resources to our students, uh, K to 12, uh, different ways that the students can access learning at home. Um, they have an enormous digital library, which um, I didn't even understand the full scope of until I started digging into it and uh, creating this website with magazines and movies and ebooks and audiobooks and just so many resources for people to tap into um, from home and just take advantage of, even though they can't physically go to the library. Correct, uh, and the um, they've been doing virtual story times and the Instagram page for youth services have been has been very active for all ages. Um, so check it out. Uh, there's a lot going on and, and they're certainly doing uh, all that they can considering the circumstances to keep the, our community and the residents uh, involved. Absolutely. Yeah, I've shared those links and we'll continue to do so because yeah, there is there is a lot going on and they are rather creative and it's sparking some creative. other <laughs> they're sparking some other creativities around the world or around the world of Franklin specifically. Yeah. But um, certainly Jamie Barrett has his uh, wake up with Mr. Barrett on Tunes Day. Yes, um, he does. There's, an, there's another retired teacher who's starting a story time at least twice a week during the the noontime hour so it's it's just spreading which is a good thing too it has um it has certainly sparked creativity from so many people who just uh you know they miss their connection they miss seeing people every day they miss um you know seeing people face to face and talking to them and right. and they're just finding so many interesting and creative ways to still reach out and still provide support um that we all are desperately searching for right now just looking for ways to reach out and still feel connected mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, the, the recreation department actually just put out a, a great uh, sort of new it's contest, I guess, sort of uh, to, of sorts where there's sports at home um, where kids and families and anyone actually can upload uh, photos or videos of how they do sports at home right now since uh, the recreation programs are currently on hold for the time being. But there's different categories of you know, best use of a small space or best goalie and just ways to get uh, our residents to spark some something that may, maybe they wouldn't have thought of doing mm -hmm. is trying to set up a best best goalie video and, and right. sending it in. And there's some fun prizes for people to, uh, to possibly win if they get involved. There's also yeah. an art contest at home. So uh, the recreation department has been uh, really busy in trying to, again, reach out to our community and keep people people busy and active during this time. Yep, yeah, definitely. Uh, when I talked with Ryan last week, and that, re that interview will be coming out probably this week. I know he's in the review process on it. Um, he was disappointed because clearly Earth Day, he's had to reschedule and he doesn't know exactly what the day will be, but by that time, it may be a good celebration point as well. Yep. Um, so yeah, kudos for the continuation of, you know, the creative thinking and um, recognize too that even to what our discussion was before, because of the changing circumstances and his own work, he's effectively working two or three times because he's scheduled stuff and then had to reschedule stuff and then reschedule stuff. So instead of just, you know, setting a date and then running an event, he's redoing that two or three redoing times. It. Yep. So I, 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 I sympathize with him. I know where he's in. It's just like, oh, let's get through this. <laughs> 
Yeah, everyone's just that, had to be flexible, you know. If I could really quickly, I think Emory and I spoke about this. I mean, I think when we were working over the last week on a lot of these features, Steve, you know, it also reminded us that of the leadership that we have in a lot of these departments. And, and I know it's, I know it's, I hope it doesn't come across hokey or, you know, I'm a, I'm a homer who, who loves our team. Uh, but in, in, in true, you see the, you see folks like Callie and Bree and Mitzi in the youth services department on their own. I mean, they could just not do this, but they're so committed to their jobs and they enjoy it so much. And, and we enjoy what they do that to do this on a daily basis is something that, um, you know, that is truly really remarkable and shows the commitment. I think what you just said about Ryan, like, I'm sure he's frustrated by having to do that and reschedule and reschedule, but he loves his job so much that he's just going to keep doing it. He wants to make sure that he's not canceling things, um, that we're rescheduling them because we do, you know, hold out our optimistic hope that, you know, we'll be able to turn the page at some point in the near future. Um, and, and you look at what Anne-Marie um, and the staff did to create that trails um, storybook and all the maps for people to go out and the challenge to win a mm -hmm. rain barrel. I mean, we have very, very limited and few options as determined by the governor and how we can actually do things that are, that are outside. Um, and these are them. And, and we're trying to use every tool in the toolbox we can to try to um, encourage and have families in Franklin look forward to some stuff. Um, and, I, you know, quite frankly, I thought that the storybook on the trails made us look like the National Park Service. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, this is really, you know, a lot of people instantly said to me, I had no idea that it was here. You know, and yeah, yeah. And we got a lot of so feedback like that. Yeah. A little a lot of hidden gems to that. show the product, show what we government does. Maybe a lot of citizens in Franklin will realize, you know, some of the things that we have that maybe they haven't taken advantage of yet. And it's as much of an opportunity as for us to, to try to showcase the staff and what we have um, of what public assets are out there for people to, uh, to people to be able to use and, and take advantage of. Yes, I totally agree. Because that's part of, Chloe, what I had been doing from time to time. And now you have <laughs> Anne-Marie to split between, you know, town right. side and school side to really tell more of your story. Because, yeah, a lot of things, especially the right threat, the recreation arena, there, there is so much going on just in that one little space that, you know, it's almost like a full-time job just to say what's going on. So you just kind of like hit people at a certain point. This is a, this is what's going on here and then get them interested so then they can go into the next space and into the next space. So, exactly. And, yeah, exactly. Okay, all good stuff there. Um, one other topic, I know, at least in terms of kind of big planning sessions, uh, mm -hmm. there was a lot of work last year in regards to the Metropolitan Area Planning Council and an economic study, and I believe it was going to be coming around an April timeframe. Have you gotten anything current as to where we are there? I know I'm going to try and set some time with Brian Taberner, but I thought while we had you, I could see what you, you have on that, if anything. So... Before the coronavirus, um, yeah, BC. Come into play. yeah, right, BC, BC before um, Corona, before Corona, um, Anne Marie and Brian had been working with Raul to find out when that study would be complete. We had hopefully anticipated it would be done by March, but um, they had gotten uh, into a situation where I think that it was going to take them a little bit 
uh, longer and we weren't going to be able to get it till, till maybe April or May. Um, and I have not spoken to Brian or, or Raul since, um, since we you know, closed the building up a few weeks ago. So when you talk to Brian, you can get it, hopefully a more accurate sentiment of what um, that date might be. Um, and, um, and so you can talk to Brian about that. But we were looking toward anyway, from a town council perspective, I had basically tried to plan on having that presentation sometime over the summer anyway, regardless mm -hmm. of when the report got done, because eventually some of what's in the report needs to be dissected, dissected by the staff as well about what recommendations may be able to fit within the work plan for the year. Yep. Um, I think actually, I mean, to have that study be ready and done, um, obviously there's going to be some uncertainties moving forward, but I do think it still presents us with a really good framework as to maybe the, the study is viewed less in terms of what we have and where we're going, but almost partially a recovery um, from this coronavirus pandemic. And I think the data is the data and the, the, the best practices will be the best practices, but maybe the context has shifted a little bit in terms of um, what we were thinking before. But I think that the study um, in terms of looking at our economic footprint in town, looking at what strengths we have from an economic development portfolio, from a business profi uh, profile, um, what we do right, um, but also the study was trying to show where our gaps were and what kind of business um, work should we be doing to bring in business that people want to see in town that we have yet to, to do. And so I think regardless of of the conditions of what we've entered into, we're hopeful that that data and those best practices and recommendations still hold a lot of merit. And I think it will be um, you know, something where the context of the ground might have changed, but um, it still was a valuable exercise and, and hopefully we'll be able to get that out to the public and have a discussion about it in the summer. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. And especially hopefully by the summer, we'll at least have a better idea as to what the future is going to hold for us and thereby right. we may just be able to use this in the planning to help right. do the quote rebuild recovery let's take the advantage and put some of that there may be some pieces in there i'm speculating obviously we don't know we haven't seen it yet but there may be some pieces in there that kind of like the low-hanging fruit yep. proverbially as opposed exactly. to some that's going to take a little longer to do and we'll just put that into the cycle for further discussion. I recall you mentioned something through the Economic Development Committee certainly would be a key piece in that. Um, obviously with Brian's department and uh, any other uh, appropriate stakeholders as we go forward too, so. And, and with a word on the EDC, you know, I mean, my hope would be, it obviously is not the first thing on our minds the last few weeks. We've been trying uh, to no, transition. Understandably um, so, understandably schools, so. But, but you know, <laughs> But even despite that, Steve, you know, it's, it's, it's part of a whole slew of other policy decisions and objectives and goals the council had at the beginning of the year. And I don't, I don't expect, while the budgetary challenges may be different coming into the fiscal year, um, it doesn't mean that we can't find new ways to try to achieve some of those other goals. And I think that's what's going to transition here in a couple of weeks is we were talking about inclusionary zoning. Um, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, the road work that's being continued to be done on Marvin Ave, the expected work on Lincoln Street this year for water mains. A lot of that other work, 
and I could go on about it in every department, but in the interest of time, you know, a lot of that work continues on. And at some point as the weeks come up and evolve in front of us, you know, my hope is, is that we can have a remote EDC meeting and start talking about inclusionary zoning, even if we're not allowed to be back in the, in the public buildings over the next month or two. Because I still think while, um, you know, as we get more familiar with the technology and, and the pros and cons of it, um, you know, my hope is, is that there'll be some space in our, in our calendars to not have to deal with just coronavirus, but um, to actually deal with some of those other non-monetary issues and, and try to deal with some other zoning bylaws and other things that um, projects that the council had, had foreseen, um, you know, back in January. So um, as you can imagine, as anybody out there listening can imagine, it, it, I think the town has done a great job transitioning um, into remote workstations and continuing business. And as, as staff and departments become more fluid and comfortable, as public officials become more comfortable with, and I should say even myself becomes more comfortable with Zoom and, and Google Hangout and Meet and all these different um, features out there. Um, you know, we can continue to expand the, the, the portfolio of the stuff that we are doing on, on Zoom. And maybe we even have some public meetings during the day, you know, at 12 yeah. o'clock while people are at home. And uh, I've been thinking and talking to the town attorney about that and trying to be able to do some, or even some morning meetings. Um, we know everybody's at home. <laughs> true, um, true. So, yeah. You know, and there's an opportunity even, where we might be able to do some meetings not at 7 p.m. Right. Maybe yeah, and even if they're at home and working remotely, there would still right. be some schedule and flexibility. Right. And I think that has always been our, our kind of request from time to time. People have said, how come it has to be at night? How come we can't do it? This might be an opportunity to truly adjust that. So, yeah. I mean, it's funny. You say it's a really interesting point, right? A lot of people say, you know, well, I, you know I'm not – you know why at night why not during the, well i work during the during the day most of the time so at night we do the night meetings to accommodate people who are working most of the time. but right. if everybody's at home even if they're still working remotely they still might be able to block off that hour on the calendar at 1 p.m and not have yep. a, a work call just because they want to tune into the school committee meeting or the council meeting or some town council or, or an edc meeting or something like that and check in on what's going on so those are some things on the horizon. I mean, I don't think that the public is probably waiting with bated breath <laughs> um, like they would be for the trails and, and, and the um, library programs and, mm -hmm. and Lions recreation challenges. But it might give us another opportunity to, to do some more outreach and, um, and to do stuff um, while people are at home. Yeah. Well, this has been good, and I think mindful of your time, um, let's kind of close out. Uh, Anne-Marie, I think we can give a plug to some of your social media links so that people can continue to stay current with uh, the changes as we go. Clearly, we're going to have this kind of conversation periodically. Um, but in, in the meantime, if we hang up, then there's something else happening they're going to need to know. So, Definitely. So uh, our our website is obviously the most comprehensive place to find information. Uh, it links to all of our social media as well, but we have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page, we have a Twitter uh, account. Uh, those are all great places to really keep updated on what's going on. Um, but again, our website is really the most comprehensive um, as far as finding all the departments in one place, uh, all the information of what's going on currently. Uh, it's updated multiple times throughout the day. Uh, so people should definitely check back frequently and, and see what's new, see what's happening. Um, one of my, 
talking about the just the current state. I have to point out, I think one of the places on the website that I find to be the most helpful as far as finding daily information sure. uh, on the uh, area of current uh, current news and alerts. Every day, uh, the um, Massachusetts Emergency Management Association puts out an update, and it. Jamie and I have talked about this. It's it's really a great place to find out the current information of what's happening. It's always at the top. It's updated daily uh, and uh, Monday through Friday at least. And it has just a great snapshot of everything that's currently going on. So if people are looking for that one-stop place to find current events on our website, that would be where I would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll continue to uh, support your efforts in communicating to the best we can to all the residents. We shall get through this. I am hopeful because we, we are ultimately in it together and we will help each other and get through it together. So we will. Just we at a distance. absolutely will. <laughs> well, remote just at support. a distance, of course. Remote support. Yep. Yes. <laughs> this podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but I can't do it alone. I can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements, and I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy.